Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are having a fantastic start of your week. Hope you guys had a safe, successful, blessed weekend as well. I had a good weekend over here. Got to hang out with a few friends and family and enjoyed my time over the weekend. And, uh, again, if you guys need anything, be sure to get a hold of us at healthmasters.com. You know where to get a hold of us. And uh, the product of the week, the um, Natokinese, on sale right now. Be sure to check that out if you want to grab that. Also, we have multiple products on sale, including the ashwagandha pure extract. Really, really good extract. Great for stress. And also, to the ultimate stress control kit on sale for over 10% off right now. So lots of different specials and kits on the website. So check those out at healthmasters.com. One thing I've been continually getting videos and footage of is just the incessant barrage of content that is starting to occur across the country with just incidences where people pretty much have now either lost their minds when it comes to reality or simply we have just hardcore communists that are 100 percent bent on trying to push and force their agenda in everyone's face i've seen numerous videos now of all these ridiculous completely asinine pride events where people are simply allowed to pretty much engage in any type of debauchery they want out in public but yet, if anybody says anything about it, you're an obsessive, homophobe, transphobic bigot, and you basically need to be barred. There's a video that surfaced from last week from a Christian preacher at a Pennsylvania Pride event that was standing around holding a sign saying, repent for your sins. And he was quoting Bible scripture and uh, wasn't screaming, wasn't being belligerent, wasn't using profanity, wasn't doing anything while some of the people in the Pride event were acting in some of the most bizarre perverted ways possible he was standing on the sidewalk holding a sign and uh, law enforcement walked up to him and said you know you're not allowed to be harassing anyone he said i'm not harassing anyone i'm exercising my first amendment right well i guess the officer doesn't understand what the first amendment is and also the officer in my opinion in this case is a complete and total moron he arrested him for disorderly conduct i kid you not he went on to state in the report that the uh, man refused to stop talking <laughs> and refused to stop basically doing what he was doing. So he was charged with disorderly conduct. Now, the issue with this is, as we both know, I mean, the individual's name, Damon Akins, 41-year-old pastor, uh, obviously standing out in a public area talking is not disorderly conduct. If you have a bullfone and you're screaming obscenities and profanities, you can probably run that one under it. Uh, but yeah, he wasn't doing anything. I watched the video. But I mean, to the point that the DA dropped the case last week, actually just completely no-build it, just dismissed it, no-build it, said there's nothing, there's nothing to charge here. There is nothing you even did legally as far as arresting this man. But again, this shows you now how you have some individuals that have been now in the law enforcement sector that are willing to literally do anything violating people's rights just to continue to push their agenda Look no further than what's going on in California right now. Bill AB 957, which essentially has been pushed by uh, Senator Scott Weiner and Lori Wilson, uh, both of which have now discussed they want to start having Drag Queen 101 class in K-12 curriculums, not joking, out there in California public school. They've also put forward a bill that grants leniency to pedophiles. 
And uh, this bill now, 957, amends the state family code addressing the health, safety, and welfare of children in every household. If passed, the law would result in children being able to be removed by the state from their parents' home if the family members are deemed anti-alphabet group. Not a joke. Under the code, courts would be given complete authority to remove children from their homes if parents refuse to affirm their gender. It would also require schools, churches, and any other organization to follow suit or face repercussions for impacting the health, safety, and welfare of that said child. It says individuals and organizations who refuse or do not acknowledge the child's gender identity could potentially face abuse charges. Yes, abuse charges. That's where they're talking about this now. So if you don't allow your child to to go get on gender-blocking hormones or cross-sex hormones, the state can now come in and say, California, say, well, you're you're hurting your child by not allowing your 12-year-old daughter to go on testosterone. You're hurting her, so you're going to be charged with child abuse and we're taking out of your home. I can't quite fathom the degree of sadistic mindset you have to have to actually think this is something that's okay. Not only that it's okay, that actually they're going to try to put it into a law, but this shows you the point of where some of these individuals are at. And that's why I laugh hysterically when you see some of these groups that go, well, that's nothing to do with the kids. We're not after the kids. We just want to have our freedom and pride. Clearly, they're going after the kids. Clearly, this is the directive that they're going. Clearly, this is not a joke to them, and this is their overall goal. There's a video that surfaced in California, if you guys saw this. It was at basically a uh, high school, which is interesting because, you know, you think the high school kids, a lot of times they're going to be fairly just kind of go along with whatever they're told. And apparently in this situation, they were not. This is a high school over in California. And uh, basically the students were displayed this pride video. You can watch it. I'll post the link. It's like a 30-second video. It was at Edison High School over in California. And the students are forced to watch this pride video and these two guys making out on it and the rainbow flags. This kid's recorded in class. This has gone viral on social media, by the way. And all of a sudden the video comes on. Like the whole class starts booing. Boo! Why do we have to watch this? This is total garbage. One kid in the back, he goes, why are you showing this to kids? And I'm, they're starting to go like uproar the whole class. And, she, the whole, and the teacher comes in and goes, everybody's be quiet now. If anybody's inappropriate watching this video, you're going to get Saturday detention class. All of you are going to get Saturday detention class for the rest of the school year. So the kids kind of quiet back down. And I thought to myself, What a sad place to be now in this country where you now have teachers that are forcing students to watch perversion videos in class with fear of reprisal of basically getting stuck in Saturday detention class. If you don't think these school systems, especially out there in California and a lot of these public ones, are nothing more than pure, blown communist indoctrination camps, you're not watching what they're really doing. So be very aware of this and be very – how should I say, uh, attentive to what's happening right now because they are clearly 100% going after the children and making sure and letting it known to everyone this is their agenda while at the same time gaslighting everyone that questions it and says, why are you so obsessed with this? Why are you bringing this up? We have nothing to do with the kids, nothing to see here. This is typically what liars do. This is what perverts do. This is what pedophiles do. They go after a certain group, and then they turn around and say, we're not doing this. You're the bad one. 
typical psychological warfare. Also, too, in other news, this is something that was interesting. People showed me photos of this last week. I didn't think it was real at first. I had to look it up. There's a video game called Diablo 4 that came out. I don't know anything about this. And apparently in Cal- over in New York, when they were having these massive orange smoke out last week from the Canadian fires, which that's a whole other topic. Again, I'll get into later on the show. But this smoked out orange haze in California. Everybody saw the photos. People were sending me photos. It was right at the exact time they released this new video game, which they put a poster giant billboard in new york city diablo 4 says welcome to hell comma new york 6623 is when it got released now obviously 6623 two times three is six what they're trying to reference here and on the poster is the uh this giant demon uh lilith apparently and she was known to prey on on helpless newborn infants and essentially spawn hordes of demon babies or so the story goes with this demon. And she's in full, full satanic garb with the wings and everything on this poster. And this was displayed in California. And what's interesting is now the witch Satanist blown, very well known for this. Megan Fox came out and uh, basically said that she's going to do some type of, um, I guess oratory if you get killed in the game, if you send something to her, weird stuff. I watched part of it, but now she's coming out because she got blasted on social media for posting videos of making her children basically wear different gender clothes. She came out on social media right now, and she said, you blank, you effed with the wrong witch. So she stated, quote, verbatim, um, this girl is a open, pronounced Satanist witch. That's what she's directly involved in. That's why she's directly involved in this Diablo 4 game. That's why I will not see any movie she is in. I will not support anything she's in. She is a devout witch. She's made it very clear. She's posted photos with stuff. And this is what's becoming more of the norm now. And what they've done now with these video games, with these athletes, mainly a lot of with these movie stars, they're desensitizing the general population into thinking that none of this is really real. This is all theater. This is all video games. The one thing that is very real right now that we are watching is this is not just a war for flesh and blood. There's a something bigger behind the scenes, and that's the battle for everyone's souls. And you can see that more now than ever, what they're doing trying to go after these kids and how sadistic they're behaving with forcing this agenda. While majority of people, as you saw in this high school class, with these children booing and hollering and saying, turn it off, clearly nobody in the class wanted to watch this video. Clearly none of them were into it. Clearly nobody stood up and said, I really appreciate you supporting Pride Month because I love this. Nobody did that in class. The whole class was an uproar, meaning none of the kids want to learn about this stuff. None of it. They're sick of hearing about it yet. They're being forced by fear of reprisal to watch this stuff and put it in their brains. This is nothing short of child abuse. And again, it's very important that parents really stay active and involved right now with kids because this is something that is only going to get worse, especially if people are quiet and do not make a stand on it. What do you think, Deb? The author is absolutely right. This gay pride thing has gotten out of completely and totally out of hand. And, you know, enforcing people. Also, what was the name of that witch? Who was who was the actress who did that? Who said that? Uh, that's that Megan Fox, the one that basically was in Transformers and all that. The ones who had all, the, oh, the one who likes to drink blood with her boyfriend. That's correct. 
Yeah, that's that that woman. I tell you what, she's got some serious issues. But uh, but yeah, I don't think she's much of a Hollywood star anymore at all. I don't think she's been in a movie in years and years and years. But but she really has got herself messed up hanging out with the wrong people out in Hollywood. I've got friends of mine who've been out there before, and they've told me that the place is so satanic and so surreal when you get out there that you really can't stay there and not get sucked into that type of lifestyle. And the witches have gotten unbelievably bad. The, the witches have gotten unbelievably bad as far as what they're doing now too. And, and the sad part about all of this stuff. Is that you know people don't realize that you know when you when you hang out with these types of people and you're hanging out with individuals who who live like that and who act like that that kind of stuff comes back on you too. So it's really 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 important if you have somebody who claims to be a witcher wants to be a witcher involves in satanic stuff or doing seances it's important that you don't have anything to do with them but you stay away from them. Very 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 important. And you know and the thing that's so crazy about this is is that I feel you know I remember when I was in high school Austin you know we had issues with teachers we always there's always there's always that teacher there's always a teacher that wants to just try to force their will upon the students whether it's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do and i remember a lot of us would stand up against them well i can't say a lot of us about four or five percent which is about right and uh, i remember years ago we had gone to mexico you know with a high school band trip this is gosh this is when i was like in 10th grade and I remember we were they were they were they had brought a whole bunch of teachers with us and a whole bunch of you know chaperones with us because everybody wanted to go to Mexico on this trip. And I'll never forget, you know, they forced us to do things we didn't want to do, like go to you know operas that were all in Spanish and that kind of stuff. And a few of us stood up against it and said, "We're not going to do that. We won't live like this. We don't want to be part of this." And of course, we were castigated, and the teachers got unbelievably mad at us. And, but I will give credit to the one teacher that was doing that. They told us we could stay in the hotel basically and and not go to the opera, which we about half a dozen of us elected to do. The sad part about this is, you know, there were over a hundred people, two hundred people there, and only about three percent of us said we don't want to do this. But almost everybody had voiced the opposition; they didn't want to do it. So when these kids in high school when they do that and they come out and they voice opposition against all of this stuff, it really, really is something that brings me great joy, honestly, because it makes me realize that there's still people out there that want to stand against all of this stuff and, and not basically be involved in it. And, and Megan Fox saying that they've been messed with the wrong witch and Lilith and all that. Uh, let me let me explain something to you about where Lilith came from. This is, again, a Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan group of people that believe that you know there were multiple creations at the beginning of Genesis, in which one of them was Lilith, in which this basically demonic goddess basically was the the slayer of children. It's some weird stuff that comes right out of the Kabbalah, and that's why you know there's even groups of people out there that have a company it's called Lilith Clothing, and you know and all this kind of kind of crazy stuff. It's that's where it's all based out of the demonic female god, basically is a harpy to make it simple, uh, you know, with some demonic god with call claws and talons that likes to kill young children while they're still in their cribs. So this is the sick stuff that we're being exposed to now and the sick stuff that they are involved in out there as far as what they're doing. But as far as I'm with you, I'm with you, Austin. As far as Megan Fox, I'm absolutely done, completely and totally finished with all of that stuff. We're simply not going to do it. By, by the way, the uh, West Coast uh, Portland paralysis return, but this time it's not COVID's fault. Uh, two years after the U.S. supply chains were paralyzed, sending goods and prices soaring because of West Coast ports were unable to offload inbound cargo ships due to a shortage of employees as a result of COVID, which led to historic congestion and ships waiting offshore. The number of vessels due to dock at Port of Los Angeles and Long Beach is once again piling up. Only this time it's not COVID or China's fault. This time the good old labor union that's responsible for the shutdowns and slowdowns of the West Coast port terminals, which have again impacted supply chain operations from trucks to rails and ocean carriers. On Wednesday, six vessels were delayed at Port of Los Angeles, while two vessels at the Port of Long Beach were anchored on arrival, unable to interface with the port operations, according to a vessel 
update announced by the Marine Exchange of Southern California. The West Coast labor strife intensified over the weekend with the announcement that the Port of Seattle was shutting down to the International Longshore and Warehouse Union, refusing to dispatch work, labor to work in the container terminals. So, again, a lot of this stuff is going to be affecting supply chains. So just be aware of that if you're trying to order things and do things. But you got to really you know, be aware of the fact that a lot of these labor unions are, you know, they're, they're kind of a – how can I say this in a nice way – they're more of a socialistic thing. If, if, the, if, the, if the bosses and the companies were doing what was right to start with, the labor unions in most cases would not have to strike. But reality is sometimes the labor unions want more money than the, than the companies have as far as availability, as far as profits, and that causes a real problem too. It's really, really important. By the way, uh, you know, they're fine. we're finding out now we have some of the longest-range EVs that we've talked about before, and the, and the problem with that is is they all – or, you know, trying to find hookups all at the same time. <laughs> and we're going to have a major, major problem as far as the infrastructure for for cars. And they're trying their best to get that thing to, get, to go, you know, as best they can. By the way, here's another really good article from Zero Hedge. And it said, how the obesity industrial complex keeps Americans sick, fat, and sad. The United States spends more money per capita on health care than any other country on the earth, almost twice as much as Germany and triple Japan. To emphasize, this is the average spending on the individual level, so triple the spending in Japan per person. In the United States, we spend almost $12,000 per year as far as health consumption expenditures in the United States per year. Germany spends about 7000 Switzerland spends about 7000 The United Kingdom spends about 5000 Japan spends about 4000 And the sad part about this is this article is going back to say, and what they're doing is that the U.S. is the fattest and the sickest in terms of chronic disease rates in the world, which we've talked about. Per statistics, the CDC estimates that 6 in 10 adults in the U.S. are currently living with chronic disease such as cancer, heart disease, or diabetes. I'm going to repeat that. 60% of the adults in the United States have a chronic debilitating disease. Wow. Much of that disease burden is due to obesity. And adult obesity rates have more than doubled since the 1980s. In the U.S. today, obesity affects over 42% of adults and 18% of youth. Obesity and its related complications are the major drivers of rising health care concerns. Many factors drive obesity. Diet, which is 90% of it, by the way. Lack of movement, which is probably the other 10%. Poor sleep, partially some, not a lot. Hormonal deficiencies and imbalances, that could do it too, especially taking drugs like prednisone, which would make you gain a lot of water weight. But the medical system that profits off obesity, while miseducation to public for profit, is one of the worst offenders. Which brings us to this concept of the obesity industrial complex. Yes, the something complex terminology borrowed from the term military industrial complex basically is drastically overused. But in the case of the obesity industrial complex, the moniker isn't without justification. There exist many parallels between Eisenhower's military industrial complex and the obesity industrial complex. In fact, one little known facet of the infamous Eisenhower speech basically is talking about the president warns of a prospect of a silent technocratic coup over society in America by a scientific technological elite. Now, this is also being tied together with the, how should I say, alien disclosure and what's happening right now. I'll cover that in just a second. But as George Carver once observed, conspirators don't need to meet in smoke-filled rooms with their interests coverage. Uh, you converge. It's a question of incentives. When the requisite incentives are present, what begin as backroom conspiracy simply become the way the system works. What's not going on is a cabal of millions of evil general practitioner physicians twirling their cartoonish handlebar mustaches, plotting how best to sicken their patients and extract maximum cash on the process. 
Obesity, however, is first reframed as a medical problem that needs to be medicated, not a lifestyle problem that can be remedied in virtually all cases with simple dietary adjustments and exercise. This process, which I've written about before in the context of transgenderism, is called medicalization. It's a classic problem-reaction-solution. First, you create the problem. The public clamors for a proper reaction, looking for the government as a paternal protector and provider, and that interest that control the government offered a solution which, not coincidentally, always involves more social control and profits for them. That's what they in California when they're saying you can't buy a 32-ounce soda anymore. You can't do this. You can't do the same thing in New York. They're trying to control it through government regulation rather than teaching people how to have discipline. Much of them, like, what, I mean, honestly, why, if you can't buy a 32-ounce soda, just buy two 16-ounce sodas. Now, I don't drink soda, but it's so stupid when they say stuff like this. Much of the military-industrial complex in which weapons contractors launder scare stories to the media to do support for the war. We're talking Ukraine now, which they profit off. The obesity-industrial complex benefits from perpetuating chronic disease. And, and this is something that we have to realize. And, and here's what I learned. Uh, years ago, when I was in college, I was taking a human physiology class. And I remember one of the professors, his name was Lipner. He said that there was no such thing as glandular obesity. Okay, a lot of people say it's my glands, it's my glands that's caused me to be obese. He says the problem is is that people's calorie intakes are too high. That some people may have a different metabolism, but the reality is is that their calorie intake is simply too high. And if their calorie intake is too high, they're going to store those extra calories as fat. And now here's the problem that a lot of people have. They want to believe they can come in and they could take and burn off the calories doing cardio. They want to believe they can come in and they can take you know, and, and be on the cardio or on the treadmill or on the stair climber or whatever for four hours a day and burn off the calories. Well, the reality is you may burn six or 700 calories a day on one of those types of machines. And you may be able to, if you stay on for four hours a day, you may burn two, 3,000 calories. You might. But, you know, the reality is, is wouldn't it be easier not to eat that two or 3,000 calories a day? That's the question I always ask. I mean, if you're eating 15,000 calories a day in order to maintain a 300 or 400 pound body weight, why in the world do you cut back on your calorie intake rather than trying to exercise it off? Because if you're really heavy and you're doing that kind of cardio exercise, which you really wouldn't be able to do from a health standpoint because of the weight, your hips and your knees and your joints and your ankles are going to be unbelievably affected. Uh, Austin and I have a, a friend of ours, I don't know if he's still alive or not. He was a chiropractor. and We used him a lot back in the 90s, and he literally weighed 500 pounds. I mean, that's not an exaggeration. He literally weighed 500 pounds. He's an excellent chiropractor, but every single day he'd leave his office and he'd literally eat two large, you know, Pizza Hut pepperoni pizzas along with a, like an entire two liters of, of regular soda. He literally had to maintain 15 to 20,000 calories a day to maintain his 500 pound weight. The sad part about it was is that, you know, he didn't even see this when he was doing it. He didn't really even care because that was his lifestyle. Finally, he became so crippled. You know, with arthritis and with degenerative joint disease in his hips and in his knees, he was adjusting patients using two walking crutches. I mean, I can't make this stuff up. And finally, it was so bad, he had a health insurance policy that he had taken out on himself that in the event that he was disabled, he could no longer practice chiropractic medicine. They'd have to pay him money for the rest of his life because he was now disabled from the obesity, and he was able to get that through, and he retired like at the age of 45, 50 or whatever it was. So, so obese that he could barely walk. And the sad part about that is it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out if you're eating 15,000 calories a day or 20,000 calories a day to maintain that. If you cut back on the amount of calories and you cut back on the high glycemic carbohydrates like the bread and the pasta, the rice and the tomatoes, not tomatoes, but potatoes and starches and juices, you'll start losing weight like crazy. 
I mean, if you drop it to 5,000 calories a day, which is way more than you need, you would still massively reduce your, your, your weight. And so what I always tell people is this. This is really, really, since everybody's getting ready for swimsuit weather now, if they're, if they're trying to anyhow, if, if you weigh 180 pounds or you want to weigh 180 pounds, that's 1,800 calories a day. That's all you need. But make sure they're good, clean calories. If you want to weigh 120 pounds and you're a lady, same thing, 1,200 calories a day. That's your intake. And then what I suggest is you take six meals a day. So that would be six 300-calorie meals or six 200-calorie meals throughout the day, staying with real clean food. Like you can have a little bit of fruit if you want, but don't try to live straight on carbohydrates. Stay on low glycemic foods primarily if you're trying to lose weight. No bread, no pasta, no rice, and stay with like chicken and vegetables. I've talked about this before. Or even fish and vegetables or beef and vegetables. So you prevent the storage of those extra calories as fat when you eat a lot of sugar. Really, really, really important. If you do it that way, it makes it easy. Remember, diet doesn't work long term. It really doesn't. Lifestyle changes do. If your lifestyle becomes one of health, and vigor and exercise, suddenly you learn very, very quickly that you can maintain your weight. And I've told you guys this many times before. I log in my weight every single day I train. Every single day I write down my weight on my sheets, on my, on my journal, so I know exactly what I weigh, plus I write down the body parts that I'm working. And what that allows me to do is to maintain a consistency of my weight. So if I'm up a couple pounds in one day, I cut back on the intake that day. That allows me to bring my weight back down into a, to where I want to keep it. And see, this is the easiest way to do it. What's not easy is you gain a pound a month. If you gain a pound a month over a, 10, over, over a year, you gain 12 pounds. Over a 10-year period, you gain 120 pounds. I've seen it over and over and over again, especially when you see high school kids that you haven't seen in 15, 20 years. It's a pound a month. It's so easy. It's an extra 3,000 calories a day. I'm sorry, 3,000 calories a month. It makes you gain a pound. It's like an extra 100 calories a day or one little pat, one tablespoon of butter a day extra that you're going to basically eat every single day as you increase your caloric intake. And gradually, you start gaining the weight. And then it becomes a problem. Now you're 120 pounds overweight. Now it becomes a major, major lifestyle change. Plus, you got to deal with loose skin. And with all these statistics showing all of these kids with obesity problems now and 60% of the population issues with weight and 40% are obese, you know, this is a problem that we have in the United States. And this military, quote-unquote, obesity industrial complex that they're talking about, this article is very, very real because the same food manufacturers who put the high fructose corn syrup into these different manufacturing systems to make you hungry so you stay hungry all of the time and make you have liver problems and fatty liver disease, a lot of these same companies that are owned by these same groups of people like BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard also own the same drug companies that treat these obesity problems. And you see it over and over and over again. You see all of these people that are on metformin, you know, for basically having problems with, you know, blood sugar. And also you see that they have started having kidney problems. And so all of a sudden they start owning dialysis centers because the metformin is causing kidney issues or, or, or pancreatic cancer. The list goes on and on and on. The very foods that they're feeding us are causing the health problems in the United States. But we as a consumer, if you want to be a smart consumer, you've got to realize that there are certain things you need to avoid, certain things you don't ever need to put into your body like high fructose corn syrup. So it's very, very important. By the way, and that excellent article was sent to me this morning on Majestic 12 of the Secret Government by William Cooper. And it ties right back down. Angel, he wrote the book, you know, Behold the, Pair, the, the, the Pale Horse. And I've got that book, by the way, and you can read through it if you'd like. And it was in a lot of detail. And the, the reason I give him a lot of credence is that he was killed. You know, he was basically, they had an arrest warrant for him. They stopped him in a, you know, in, a, in, a, in a traffic stop, and he was gunned down and murdered, as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, he may have pulled a weapon on somebody. I don't know. I'm not going to get into all that. But the point is he's been gone for a long, long time now. And he, and he started a, a very interesting yeah. 
thing on, on this article that was written. It says, during the years following World War II, the government of the United States was confronted with a series of events which were to change which were to change beyond prediction its future and the future of humanities. These events were incredible. You know, so what they said, what he says is this, between January 1947, I'll slow down, and December 1952, at least 16 crashed or downed alien craft. This is a lot of this is, again, from the space wars that were here with the pre-Adamic race. We've talked about that at length on Angel Wars. They recovered 65 alien bodies. One live alien was recovered. In addition, the alien craft had exploded and, and nothing was recovered from another incident. Of these three incidents, 13 occurred within the borders of the United States, not including the craft, which disintegrated in the air. Of these 13, basically he says he was in Arizona, 11 were in New Mexico, one was in Nevada, three occurred in foreign countries. Of those, one was in Norway, and the last two were in Mexico. Sightings of UFOs were so numerous that serious investigation and debunking of each report became impossible, utilizing existing intelligent assets. Now, let me stop for one second and talk about what happened here, why all of these spaceships start coming down. Some of the research seems to indicate that what happened is when we developed radar systems and we were having multiple radar systems tracking a UFO back in the 40s. This is when all the stuff started happening that it started interfering with the navigational systems of these UFOs. Apparently, this technology was so ancient <laughs> to these UFOs that they had not encountered it. Because when you take two radio waves, you lay them on top of each other. And I've talked about this before. You create a longitudinal wave. Well, when you take four directional beacon radar systems and you lay them on top of each other, on top of each other, you create what's called a scalar wave. And that scalar wave could actually disrupt and shut down, I guess, some of the propulsion systems of some of these spaceships from a basic standpoint. That's what I think happened while we started seeing so many crashes it was because of the advent of radar and several other authors have already also written books on this but we also need to understand that these entities have been with us since the pre-adamic race and these pre-adamic race angels that have been basically thrown on this planet as a slave colony for them you know it's a prison planet you could call it that if you'd like uh, basically because it really would be a slave colony it'd be more of a prison planet for them they basically are still roaming inside of our atmosphere going in and out of our dimensional status some some authors believe, since Satan is the prince of the power of the air, that there are interdimensional stations that are in our orbit around our planet or within our dimensional or within our atmosphere that have been cloaked. Now, I know this sounds weird. I know I got all that, okay? But but the point is, these things are very, very, very real. In other words, they're using cloaked spaceships or whatever. I don't care. The point is, this is real. Now, some people also feel that some of the other entities, like the other angels that were confined to our planet, are also actively involved in our planet trying to help us. Now, some people call them the gray aliens. I don't know. This, is, this all gets kind of weird to me. But the reality is, if you read the book that Colonel Corso wrote, he says that our systems and our weapon-based platform systems can be turned either towards our planet or towards our outer atmosphere to prevent incursion into our planet or the availability of these entities just to do whatever they want to do. So there's a whole big thing going on. So I'm going to go ahead and let you guys read through this, and you can see it yourself because it's really long. I don't want to get involved with it. But, but the reality is this. If you don't believe this stuff is real, then you need to listen to Angel Wars because it's very, very, very real. In fact, some people say that Eisenhower actually had a formal treaty that he signed with these entities, and he met with the aliens, and a formal treaty with the alien nation, and the United States of America was signed. 
said then we then received our first alien ambassador from outer space. Now, whether this is all true or no, who in the world knows? The treaty, the treaty said that the aliens would not interfere with our affairs, would not interfere with, we would not interfere with theirs. And so all of these things are being he talked about in this in this in this article. Now, a lot of this stuff, I don't know how much inside information that he had. I don't know how much of this stuff is you know real. But, you know, you guys can read through it and take a look at it. But he also talks about the deception and mutilations. And it says by 1955, it became obvious that the aliens, or you can call them fallen angels or whatever you want to call them, interdimensional entities, had deceived Eisenhower and broken the treaty and mutilated humans were being found along with mutilated animals. This is a cattle mutilation all across the United States. It was suspected that the aliens were not submitting a complete list of human contacts and abductees, as we have these constant abductees of human beings in these spaceships, unless you call on the name of Jesus, who's the author and the finisher and the perfecter of our faith, and it stops it. So I mention that. So all of this stuff goes on in detail about this. So if you want to wrap your brain around this, you can go ahead and look at it because I've, I've posted it. I don't know how much of it's real. I don't know how much of it's not real. All I know is this. These entities and these ships are real, and a lot of the stuff that we have – from you know, from you know, Groom Lake, you know, from Area 51, we've rebuilt a lot of this technology. So a lot of the this craft that we see here are not something that's an alien craft. It could be something that we have built. Remember what Kurzweil said? He said that you know we have the ability now to take ET home. We have that ability, and then he said we, we could actually go faster than the speed of thought. Of course, that's using scalar energy. All of this stuff has been softly disclosed. The problem with the vast majority of the population of the United States, and I hate to say this because it's the truth, if you start talking to them about this kind of stuff, they would go berserk. And, and they did that with that testing, remember, with or- Orson Welles when they did War of the Worlds, and they wanted to test to see what the population would do back in, when, they ran, when they ran that, 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 that skit, that, that, that show on air without commercials if it was a live event happening. They wanted to see what the psyche of the United States would do. If we had an alien invasion, the reality is a lot of the stuff that we've had from Hollywood talking about all of this stuff basically is something that they've been doing for years and years and years now to try to soften us up for all of this stuff. Now, remember what Rob and I said, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, I'll say it again. You know, general, you know, when, when Werner von Braun came over with the Nazi rocket scientists with Operation Paperclip, he said that the final endgame that they were going to do was going to be Operation Bluebeam which they were going to simulate an alien invasion onto our planet, an incursion to bring together the nations of the world under a one-world government, under a one-world religion, which basically he didn't say the religion, but that's their goal here with the Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan sect. So all of these things are very, very, very strange, but don't let them mess with your head because Jesus is still the author, the finisher, and the perfecter of our faith. God Almighty is still in control. God knows about these entities. Period. He already knows what they're doing. And I personally believe they've got rules of engagement that put into place for them, too. So just always remember to keep your hearts and minds in Christ, because that's what we have to do as Christians. We have to have a positive outlook on all of this stuff all of the time. Otherwise, what we end up doing is getting ourselves into a not all the time. Anyhow, but I wanted to cover that with you today because I saw some more postings come up on that. And I want people to realize that that's why I covered Angel Wars the way that I did, so you guys would understand that this technology is out there and it's very, very, very real. Austin, what do you think, bud? Oh, you're spot on with that. And this, the thing is that I think a lot of people are starting to understand now is that you know the the division that we're constantly fed, the constant conflict and fear porn where they have you know Russia and China and all this constant theater on a regular basis. 
that doesn't work long term if you're trying to get everybody under a one world government, one world religion. At some point, you have to have everything come together so you can pretend like you're actually trying to help save everyone in the planet and here to bring everybody together and be the great savior. That's the overall goal that they want to bring in. So you're spot on with that. What we've seen now with AI technology, what we've now seen with artificial you know, uh, CGI with the computer-generated world, it's very, very easy to start using this technology now to basically put out images and videos and verbs, verbiage as far as videos and uh, sound bites of what they can pretend something's happening. I mean, whatever happened in Nevada the other day with that guy in that guy's backyard, I don't know. I mean, a couple news reports have covered it, and that's been it now. But, I mean, the phone release, the 9-11 phone call, which the guys didn't sound like they were inebriated or crazy or anything, the kid's blatantly talking about it on the phone. He's like, dude, these guys are like 8, 9, 10 feet tall in my backyard with huge mouths on them with big old eyes. because they're definitely not human. I don't know what they are, but we need law enforcement over here immediately. And, again, they haven't – there's not been anything that they can really go and prove, but – What's weird, and the thing that they keep saying is the kids had video cameras, the family had video cameras there facing that back lot, a bunch of machinery back there, and uh, I guess when this whatever landed was also on the body cam footage, this law enforcement officer saw it land right over the, you know, right over the hill, um, all the cameras went on the house for like two minutes, and then when the cameras came back on, everything was gone, so – whether or not this is just a giant hoax or was this something that really happened and they're doing everything they can. Because remember, it's very easy, especially with military crafts, to have jamming equipment. That way you can't get any video, you can't get any phone, nothing at all whatsoever can get through. It just jams everything. Once a certain, once a certain vehicle gets in the area, it's done. I remember years ago when I had stopped by a dealership with dad, and they had this big custom Mercedes they had done. It was like an S550 for a real high-end person. I think it was, it was going over to uh, Saudi Arabia or something. And it had a couple of antennas on. This is like a super high-end spec Mercedes. And it's got antennas on the back. And uh, we asked him, I said, what is all this stuff? He goes, it's got satellite radio in it, and it's got a full jammer system. He popped the trunk. There's a big box in the back. I said, what is this? And he goes, it's a jammer system. He goes, any vehicle, any cell phone, anything within like a 500-foot proximity gets jammed as soon as this thing gets around it. I said, so if you're on a cell phone and he pulls up beside you, he goes, your call's dropped. You're not getting a phone call until he's gone. He's, they did it primarily for car bombs, you know, so somebody can't clack off a bomb on a cell phone, you know, it's on the, on the roadside. But that that's old old school technology so you start thinking about having crafts fly around everywhere and land in people's backyards and all of a sudden cameras go out i don't know there's definitely some very um very strange things that are going on also to another news a new report has now come out again showing and proving that moderna was well aware of health risk associated with rna vaccine technology well before the covid pandemic emerged if you guys were well aware in the research darpa is the one who initially started creating rna technology in 2012 this was trickled down to some pharmaceutical companies to start massive amounts of testing the problem with it is all the research that you start finding in the teens you know 2015 2016 2017 it all shows that rna technology was never safe whatsoever this 2017 report from stat explains how moderna began running into problems with experimental rna during its first development of a shot 
for Kregler Najjar, a rare genetic disorder. And it's well, the one on here. This article it goes: in order to protect RNA molecules from the body's natural defenses, drug developers must wrap them in protective casing. For Moderna, that meant putting its Kregler Najjar therapy in nanoparticles made of lipids. And for its chemists, those nanoparticles created a daunting challenge. Dose too little, and you don't get enough enzyme to affect the disease. Dose too much, and the drug is too toxic for patients. This is what's so interesting because from the start, Moderna scientists knew that using RNA to spur protein production would be a difficult task. So they scoured the medical literature for diseases that might be treated with just a tiny amount of additional protein, and the list of diseases was very, very short. And the Kregler and Dajar was the lowest hanging fruit, so that's what they went to work on with their therapy. However, they could not figure out how to make it safe. They said the safe doses were too weak, and the repeated injection of those doses were strong enough to be effective but had trouble effects on the liver and the animal studies. Yet despite the uncertainty of the RNA technology, it continued to roll forward with more types of experiments that failed. And then suddenly, suddenly, COVID springs upon the scene, and suddenly this is the new technology that's going to allegedly save the planet from, oh, the big bad COVID. And what's interesting that Dad said earlier, it was the Hegelian dialectic that was played in so perfectly. Problem, action, solution. People were clamoring for some type of solution because they couldn't figure out what to do. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We're told everybody's going to die. Well, they had to do is they had to get people in in the hospitals and get them on remdesivir. Remdesivir, in my opinion, was probably more criminal than the shot was the shot was experimental there was truly no way to understand how bad it was going to be unless you rolled it out to so many people because they knew the technology was dangerous they knew it was going to have a lot of side effects they knew it was going to do exactly what it did back in 2017 however remdesivir was already blatantly known that it could not get approved because it was so toxic. The 2016 Gilead trials in Africa testing it on Ebola with four different antiviral drugs they were trying in separate clinical trials. Remdesivir was the worst responding drug in the trial. Within, I think, what, five or six days of the trial, they had to pull the majority of the participants off remdesivir because they started going into acute organ failure. This was again solidified in another 2018 research study that showed remdesivir was not safe. It did not work. It may kill a virus in theory, but it wipes out the entire host. It's like setting off a nuclear bomb in your body. It just melts everything. Yeah, sure, it killed a virus while it also killed your heart and your liver and your kidneys. I don't know how successful you can call that as a drug. It's more of a nuclear attack drug. It doesn't really save anything. It just kills everything around it. Yet suddenly, all this research was out there on remdesivir. They tested it in some bobo clinical study for two months at the beginning of 2020 and said, oh, it works perfect to kill COVID. Well, sure, I'm sure when you take a virus and then you put remdesivir on top of it, it probably kills everything. Oh, perfect. We're making this standard care. That's what they called it, standard care in hospitals. This is the first thing you do when you get someone in the hospital with COVID. Don't matter if they got a mild cough and they simply have a negative, they have a positive test. As soon as you put them in a the hospital and admit them, you put them on a remdesivir drip. Within three to five days, almost guaranteed, I watched it happen in dozens of people, you started having acute organ failure. Fluids started to build up in the lungs due to the kidneys failing. Everything starts filling up with fluids. What did they say? Put them on a ventilator. The entire thing was criminal, and it was set up. Because here's the thing. 
they knew what remdesivir was going to do. Fauci knew what the trial showed with remdesivir. You can look them up. Gilead knew what remdesivir did in 2016, yet they still rolled it out and said that it was basically the safe, most effective treatment when we knew it wasn't. That's because they had to get as many people dead from COVID, and I say that loosely, so they could get the shot emergency use authorization. And I explained to my buddy the other night when I was talking to him, he was asking me, he goes, I'm, I'm a little confused about what is going on with this whole shot. I said, well, there's a whole lot of covering everybody's butt, CYA right now on the COVID shot. I said, what they did is they knew it was a military operation. That's why it was Operation Warp Speed. That's why Donald Trump made it very clear this is a partnership as a military operation in the pharmaceutical companies with AstraZeneca, with Moderna, with Pfizer in conjunction with DOD. This is a DOD op. So they went and they did these really short, bogus tests on this RNA technology, gave it to the FDA. The FDA gave it emergency use. They rolled it out. You guys remember with the, the monovalent shot, the first one that got emergency use, they went ahead and in August of 2021, FDA came in and approved Comirnaty, which was the brand name for the shot, which wasn't actually the shot that was out in the public. It was the brand name for the shot. So Comirnaty got full FDA approval, not emergency use authorization, full approval, except nobody was getting the Comirnaty shot. It fell under the umbrella. They could go in and tweak this RNA technology. Here's the part that got so strange about this. Then two months ago, the FDA quietly goes in and removes the emergency use approval out of nowhere for the monovalent first experimental biotech shot from Pfizer and from Moderna and says, hey, we're not going to approve this anymore. It's emergency use expired. We're no longer going to approve it. The new bivalent shot is the one that's going to keep emergency use authorization. While community is still approved, yet it's still not being used anymore because it was the monovalent shot. Then what Pfizer had the ability to do with the approval under community, they can tweak and modify the RNA of that shot as much as they want, and it still falls under the umbrella of the approved community shot, even though it is nothing near what the shot was. They don't even have to get research tested or clinical trials done on it. They just literally turn their application back in and say, hey, this is the next phase. We just need a stamp on this because this is the next shot we're rolling out. It gets approval now because it's been fully approved in 2021. This whole thing was so convoluted and so confusing intentionally. That's what I told my friend the other night. I said, "How? why do you think they – got they removed the emergency use from the first original shot that everybody got i said because that is the one that's under the magnifying glass with lawsuits and everything else right now what they're doing is they're trying to cut bait now and say hey listen that shot's not even approved for emergency use anymore that shot doesn't even exist it's already pulled off the market it's not even here anymore so there's nothing to see here nothing to talk about the lies that we've been fed over the years now especially with this situation with covid no, no bounds. I mean, it's it's gargantuan of what they've done and the research that even Pfizer had about what it was doing to pregnant women and what it was doing to fetuses and basically the spontaneous abortions and miscarriages during the trial. I've talked about it all on the show. You can look up. I'll post some more articles on the website if you want more research on it. But my whole point in saying all this is the reason why I was so adamant, I pushed so back, so much back, and I talked to everybody about it, is there has to be a point in a population, especially in a republic, a degree to which you go, what am I willing to allow the government to do to me? 
What am I willing to give up? What am I willing to actually allow them to do and me consent to this because it's allegedly for my safety? And that was a concept, and that was also an ideology that a lot of people had never come to grips with, really. They've kind of lived their lives in this very weak generation we have right now. They've operated on whatever they want and pretty much live however they want and just live in this you know, kind of little place that they have now here in this world and never really ask the question. What is my conviction? What am I willing to stand on? What am I willing to fight for? What is my hill? And that is something that Americans really need to evaluate now and sit down and ask, what am I willing to go along with? Because this COVID pandemic was nothing more than its first phase test to see what everyone will go along with and consent to. The next thing we're watching now is this push with this complete and total flip on the head of science. By coming out now and saying, hey, listen, it doesn't matter if you're a grown man that's six foot four. You can compete in the women's sports now. It's totally cool. Even though you smoke every single woman in every competition and you're now the national championship, that's fine. If you want to go change in the locker room with them, that's cool too. It's totally fine. These people that are pushing this agenda, they're not stupid. They may be sadistic, but they're not stupid. They know what they're doing. They know all of this stuff is perversion. They know grown men can't have babies. They know grown men can't menstruate. This topic isn't something that's up for debate, but the reason why they're pushing it is they're trying to change the very culture that this United States is built on. And if you can make a population, a younger population, believe some of the most stupidest ideology that makes no sense, that has no basis in right or wrong, that has no morals and no ethics, you will essentially own and control that generation for the rest of their lives. We've talked about this in detail. That's why you watch so many times now where they're going after these kids in five, you know, five and six-year-olds, first and second grade. Because you see now, like in the video that I'll post, you guys can watch over there in California, that high school, all the kids started booing and pushing back. That's because a lot of these kids are probably 16, 17, 18 years old now. They're going, I don't want to watch this crap. I'm sick of this. No, nobody here wants to watch this. Nobody supports this. Everybody's nauseated with this. Yet the teacher goes and tries to basically threaten them if they don't watch it. Well, see, when you start doing this to five, six, seven-year-olds, they don't boo. They don't push back. They just go, oh, okay. You're the teacher. You're the authority figure in my class. I'm supposed to listen to you. I'll just go along with whatever you say because, well, hey, that's what you're telling me. That is why they're pushing so hard right now all of a sudden. That's why the level, degree of perversion you have seen has gotten so vast now. There's even gay groups now that are slamming all these pro-training groups and all these alphabet agencies the Gays Against Groomers organizations, which I'm not a huge fan of, but they're basically a group of homosexuals that are just that, private homos that do their own lifestyle, which I don't really care about it, whatever they want to do. They've now gotten very vocal, saying that basically out in California now, they just came out in Arizona, Governor Katie Hobbs, who vetoed a bill that would prevent grown men from sharing locker rooms with young girls. They've called her a full-blown pervert. They said everything you're doing is pure perversion. <laughs> God, this is a group of gays calling her this. They said leave the children alone. Leave the high schoolers alone. Leave the sports alone. We're not involved in you anymore. There's another one they posted the other day. They said we don't even want to be involved with the pride movement anymore. You guys can keep this perversion now. This, this whole, these gay groups now are coming out about this. That's when you know it's getting pretty crazy 
when a lot of the big prominent homosexual groups in the country are starting to basically disassociate with these groups because they don't want to have anything to do with them because of how weird they're getting. That shows you right there. It's not about freedom of expression of who you love or any of this stuff. It's about going in and pushing an agenda to pervert the younger generation as aggressively and as quickly as they possibly can. Just something I thought I would mention there on that. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting. I was looking, uh, watch the video now, uh, the, the former Marine that's being charged with second-degree murder, which is crazy. Um, in California, in New York, you remember because he basically put that guy in a chokehold that was threatening everyone. He did his first video out now and basically came out and talked about exactly what happened and uh, exactly what we thought, most of it. And he said basically he was leaving his class around 2.15. He went down to the subway. He boarded up and basically got in there. And he said this guy was walking around. He's like, there's children on the on the subway there's women on the subway he said he kept stating i'm going to kill you i'm prepared to go to jail for life i'm willing to die and neely said those threats constituted a call to action as that's what he swore an oath to do to protect people if he ever needed to do so and he said he was basically looking around he saw women children he saw their faces guys getting in their faces screaming and threatening people and he goes i couldn't sit still i acted in a way that i knew would protect the other passengers and protect myself and what's crazy about this is, you know, since his arrest, it's garnered millions of dollars in his defense fund to go basically try to get these charges dropped. Because, I mean, obviously, when you start having second-degree manslaughter charges for putting somebody in a chokehold that's threatening great bodily action or death to other people, you're dealing with an unbelievably corrupt prosecutor up there. And the whole DA, which you already know that in New York, you saw, you've seen everything that's going on up there. But I just want to bring that up because this guy, you know, that's the segment because this is, again, the reason why they're doing this is they're trying to make an example out of him. What they're trying to do is say, listen, you don't have a right to defend yourself. You don't have a right to protect yourself. The only thing you're allowed to do is basically lay on the ground and urinate on yourself and let them do whatever they want to you. You don't have a right to stand up because remember, standing up for other people, being somebody that is a warfighter, a former Marine that was sworn oath to protect other people, that is what built this country. That is what fought for our rights. That is what gave us our freedom, that concept, that mindset, that ideology, that aggression. That ability to commit pure violence if you have to do so in order to protect your fam your family, your friends, and your country are what built this country, are what built these freedoms that we have today. And so they want to erase that. They want to say, listen, you don't have the ability to stop somebody. If they're getting in little children's faces and saying they're going to kill them, you can't do anything about that. You just got to stand there and pretend like nothing's happening. That is the mindset they want to push into these young children. That's why you see these movies now. The, the heroes are half the time these just, just, just sorry little pansy men now. There's always this like dominant woman figure in the show, which I'm not saying that can't happen, but I'm saying the woman's constantly dominating the little male hero, and he's this little pansy boy running around, and oh, oh, hopefully she can save us, and we can save us, and they have some other stupid ideology. It's all woke. It's designed to teach young men not to be men. It's designed to teach young boys 
not to turn into men. It's designed to teach them that you can't do anything whatsoever. You need to be a good little subservient pansy. That's what they're doing now. That's why it is our job as Americans to encourage a lot of these young adults and these young men, these young women to stand up and say, no, listen, it's good. It's good to be resilient. It's good to be self-sufficient. It's good to know martial arts and hand-to-hand combat. It's good to be able to defend yourself. It's good to protect your family and your wife or your sister, your daughter, your mother. It's That is your job. That is your role as a man. Own it. Embrace it. Don't cry about it. Don't ask to have an easier life. Ask to be a stronger man. And that's the mindset that we have to continue to encourage these young children to stand on, to continue to encourage others to stand on and push forward on. Because as we're watching this culture war right now, we're in a full-blown engagement war right now. This is a war against culture. This is a war against biblical values. This is a war against morals. This is a war against the entire aspect of science and biology that we know to be true because it was made by God Almighty and verified and continually supported in the Bible. It is our responsibility to keep the truth out there and keep talking about it as much as we possibly can. So I continue to encourage my friends, stand up for what you believe, continue to stay strong and healthy like Dad was talking about earlier. But trying to eat clean and being responsible for your health and watching your calories, you don't have to sit there and weigh everything down to the extra gram of you know rice or you know sweet potato or beef. But what you do need to do is have a general concept of caloric intake every day. I've said this for years and I've always said it. Caloric consumption is one of the biggest factors in meal sizes, portion settings, making sure you're looking at it and going, okay, that's three, four, five hundred calorie meal. I can handle that. Going in and saying it's a two, three thousand calorie meal. Not okay, guys. As far as if you want to stay in really good shape, keep good heart health, good body composition levels. So continue to stay strong. If you need anything, give us a call at healthmasters.com, 1-800-726-1834. Steve is always happy to talk to everybody and encourage everybody as far as on things you can do and get you on the right supplement plan and nutrition plan to get you in the right direction. So thank you for supporting Health Masters. If you need anything, NATO Kines, great for blood circulation. Read about it on the website at healthmasters.com, product of the week. 10% off right now. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.